If you really want helpful feedback on your creative work, this episode is for you. If you're doing a song and you've paid for studio time, instrumentalist, mixing and mastering, don't then go and get feedback from your peers. That makes no sense. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get that feedback and if it's critical, you're going to ignore it. Get the feedback from the trusted peers before Yo, you pay any money. Hey, so why you sending that for me? Is it actually that you feel a critique? You get hand from me, go help push it to the mastery that you seek. Where's feedback, amiga? You for me, some man, your genuine mission is seeking flattery. Be frank with me. Let me bless the studio. Huh? Fix up the microphone, check one, two, three, go. Sure. This is Udo Ibeleme, your host, and welcome to the show. Preach, Jesus. Alright, so let's start with some Bible, shall we? 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 1 through 19. Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. Now when Jeroboam the son of Nebat heard of it, he was living in Egypt, for he was yet in Egypt, where he had fleed from the presence of King Solomon. Then they sent and called him, And Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke hard. Now therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us, and we will serve you. Then he said to them, Depart for three days, then return to me. So the people departed. King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon while he was still alive, and saying, How do you counsel me to answer this people? Then they spoke to him, saying, If you will be a servant to this people today, and will serve them, and grant them their petition, and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever." But he forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him, and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and served him. So he said to them, What counsel do you give that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? The young men who grew up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you shall say to this people who spoke to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, Now you make it lighter for us, but you shall speak to them. My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Whereas my father loaded you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. Then Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, as the king had directed, saying, Return to me on the third day. The king answered the people harshly, for he forsook the advice of the elders which they had given him, and he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of events from the Lord that he might establish his word, which the Lord spoke through Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion do we have in David? 
We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now look after your own house, David. So Israel departed to their tents. But as for the sons of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death. And King Rehoboam made haste to mount his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. That was again 1 Kings chapter 12 verses 1 through 19. On this episode, I just want to talk about what to do if you really, really want feedback on your work. We are Christians and we're creative people too, right? I'm speaking to my creatives. And uh, sometimes as creative people, um, we can be very, very um, protective of what we're doing because we, we have created it. It's not just a by-the-way type of thing. Creativity is involved in it. Um, so a lot of ourselves goes into what we do, and so we're very um, connected to it more than someone who is not creative and not doing creative work would be to their work, right? So what I wanted to do is just talk about what we can do and the attitude that we should have towards getting feedback and what we should do if we really, really, really want feedback, all right? Um, here we have um, King Rehoboam, who was the successor of Solomon, and uh, he had a choice to make. Um, those who served his father came to him to ask for a lightening of their burden, all right? The way in which the word of God says that slaves should be treated was not the way in which um, these guys were treated. Um, certain things were done that were already excessive. So we see here that they were um, disciplined with whips. All right. Um, in the word of God, it is appropriate to discipline with a rod. All right. Not with whips. Proverbs 26, um, if my memory serves me well, says that whips are for horses. Bridles are for donkeys and rods are for the backs of fools, right? So rods are appropriate. Whips, that's the way that um, pagans dehumanize those that are working for them. That's the way that the Egyptians treated the Israelites. That's not the way that um, God's people were supposed to behave, all right? But um, this is one of Solomon's feelings. And Rehoboam, he is faced with a decision to either lighten their burden or to not do so um the problem is that um he decided not to do so based on counsel that he got from the wrong people he didn't get counsel from those that um lead he didn't get counsel from the elders he got counsel from his own friends and he he um went with his friends counsel and in so doing, he lost most of the kingdom of Israel. Most of the kingdom of Israel he lost because of that. All right? The Bible has a lot to say about um, counsel, right? The importance of taking it and the type of counsel you should take. Um, Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, 
but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. All right. So it's good to get um, it's good to be able to get um counsel from someone who might be a, a little further ahead than you in some way or the other and uh, would know better and be able to help you do better. All right. What else do we have here? Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. And that says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. All right. So we have this situation with Rehoboam where um, he had to choose between wise elders and foolish friends. And he went with his foolish friends. All right. So taking counsel is important. The type of counsel you take is important. And uh, of course, these are general principles of wisdom, which we get from the Proverbs, which means that they have broad application. So it's fine for me to also take them and apply them to our creative enterprises or creative businesses or creative endeavors all right sometimes the way in which we would um take counsel when we take it can be unfruitful and i think the way that we can get around that first of all is talking about why we are taking the counsel in the first place all right so i want to talk about why we take counsel, um, why, why, why we're doing it. Then I want to talk about um, who we should take counsel from, what we should take counsel on them on, and uh, when we should take counsel. All right, so I hope that this will be of great use to you and that um, you would take my counsel. All right, so first of all, why do we take counsel? We take counsel because we want to be better, all right? And this is important. We want to be better. We don't want to be told that we're the best, but we want to be better. If what we're doing can't get any better, we want an honest appraisal of this. We don't want a patronizing appraisal of this. We want an honest appraisal that says, okay, this is satisfactory, this works, you understand? And we can move forward with this. What we don't want is we don't want um, to just be told that we're the best um, when we can improve, and then that will not help us to improve, all right? Flattery is not feedback. Those are two different things. Feedback is not flattery, and flattery is not feedback. Those are two different things. Flattery can give us a dopamine hit especially as i said when you're doing creative work you're very very connected to what you're doing and uh, you probably don't want to hear anything that is not um positive about it even a, a neutral response might be an issue um and i experienced this personally with my wife who is generally a very stoic person her trademark um, facial expression is um, the same as a blank piece of copyright paper. And so it might be difficult for me when I play certain stuff for her to ascertain whether she really likes it. Again, if we want real feedback, what we don't want is flattery. 
Feedback is not flattery. Flattery is not feedback. Sometimes we ask for feedback when we want flattery. And it's a well-understood form of being dishonest, right? But we ask for feedback. But what we really want is for somebody to say, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that real bad. That's what we really want. But we are asking for feedback. In the same way that someone might say, um, after a date, of course, among non-Christians, um, that they're going inside of the house to get coffee. Everyone knows that that's not what's happening. Coffee is not what you're going inside there for. And you have coffee home. That is not what you're going inside there for. But this is a well understood, you know, this is our shared um, I don't want to say delusion, but dishonesty, all right? We are affirming each other in our dishonesty because the person who says they want coffee on the inside is being dishonest. And the person who says, yeah, come for coffee, they are also being dishonest. And they know that you're being dishonest. They know what you want and all of those things. But um, we have agreed to use this lingo to make ourselves feel less slutty, less guilty about something that has been revealed by the work of the law in all of our hearts as human beings made in the image of God, that this is wrong. You understand? We feel a little comfortable about it and and about, you know, kind of squashing the morals down a little bit by saying things that... um euphemize what we're doing and the euphemism isn't even just a pure euphemism is 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 a lie all right this is the same way in which um we as creatives can ask for feedback when we really want flattery all right let's get into some scriptures psalm 5 verses 8 and 9 oh lord lead me in your righteousness because of my foes make your way straight before me there is nothing reliable in what they see. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. So here the psalmist is talking about his foes. That's what it says in verse 8. And what do foes do? Foes flatter. So this is counterintuitive to what we think foes do foes coffee in your face foes steal from you foes shoot you foes do these sorts of things foes foes plot for your death all of that might be true but foes pretend to be a friend and they flatter you foes tell you that you're the best when they should be telling you how to be better all right proverbs chapter 27 verse 6 Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. All right? I've mentioned this verse before. All right? Do you want the hard truth from the friend? Or do you want an enemy to come and flatter you? Proverbs chapter 26 verse 28. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Flattery will ruin you. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 23. 
He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. There are people who might tell you something that you didn't want to hear but that you needed to hear. And years later, that will you will appreciate that. Much more than someone who kept leading you on, leading you on, flattering you. All right? Proverbs chapter 29 verse 5. A man who flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his steps. Is that what a friend would do? Would a friend set a trap for a friend? No. But that's flattery. That's what flatterers do. And that's what some of us do when we ask for feedback. We want feedback so that we can be told how we can be better. We don't want feedback so that we can be told that we are already the best. Stop the lying. If you don't want feedback, don't ask for it. If you don't want feedback, if you don't want your music to be better, don't ask for it. If you don't want your media to be better, don't ask for feedback. Alright? Let's normalize actually wanting real feedback and real criticism when, when we ask for it. Okay? Let's move forward. We've spoken about why we ask for feedback. Alright? Because we want to be better. Now let's talk about who we will ask for feedback. You want to ask trusted peers in your field. People who know about what you're doing. Alright? In my case, I've asked musicians, producers, you know, songwriters, artists. In terms of the stuff that I've produced and that have written for other people. Um, I had a, a list of people that I used to send things to. Um, musicians were on that list. Vocalists were on that list. Um, artists were on that list. And of course, these were all friends. These were people who, from their own expertise, would be able to say, do this, do that. Yes, I got better while I was doing this. And yes, I did get constructive criticism as well. So again, you want feedback from trusted peers in your field. People who know about what you're doing. On, on par with you or better than you. At where you're at or further than where you're at. You don't get any substantial feedback from asking People who might be your peers, but they're behind you. You want people who are running alongside you and people who are in front of you. You don't want people behind you. You're not going to get any help from that. And nothing is wrong with, um, with interfacing with such people. But you're not going to ask them for their feedback. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to ask them for their feedback. What you might ask them, and if you're not going to ask them for your feedback then you're not going to ask your ignorant friends and family for feedback either. That's not who you're going to go to. You're not going to ask them for feedback because what are they going to do? Now, some of them will flatter you, all right? Some of them will flatter you and uh, the others don't know any better and they will just tell you that it's awesome because, of course, you can do it better than they can. They don't do what you do. 
You understand? They don't do what you do. There are exceptions, of course. Maybe your friends and family do do what you do. All of those aforementioned people that I was talking about, those are friends. You understand? Those were all my friends. My brother, Akachi, he was on, um, he was on this podcast a couple of episodes ago. He sends things to me for my critique and for my feedback. He is my brother, right? But I do this. I do this. I do this music thing just like him. So my feedback is valuable. I do this music thing just like him. And I've been doing it for much longer. And I have much more experience. Notches on my belt. Whatever you want to call it. So my feedback is valid. I have a friend releasing an album this weekend. That's Brandon Best. Emaila is the name of the album. Alright. He has sent many things to me for my critique. Best knows that I'm going to give him honest critique. He knows that I see my role as his friend, as an honest one. I am going to tell him what he needs to hear. I'm not just going to tell him that he's the best. I'm going to give him feedback. Even if I think the song is good, my feedback is going to be sober. You understand where I'm coming from? It's going to be sober. Very, very sober. Not because I don't like my friend. Not because I don't like his music. But because I don't want him to just get swell-headed when he should be continuing to be critical of himself. I want him to always be critical of himself. And that will push him to be a better songwriter, to have better placement for his words, all of those things. All right? And that's my friend. That's what I do for my friend. All right? What I would see friends and families are useful for is split testing. All right? So if you want to get a perspective of the everyman, someone who doesn't know better, especially if you're doing something that's going to be consumed or that you would like to be consumed by the general masses, all right? You can create two options. Here, you are not trying to, and you should have already gotten feedback from the people who know better at this point, right? But you are not trying to find out from them whether the thing that you are doing is good enough quality. That's what you get your real feedback from your peers for, right? What you're going to find out is, okay, what do you think would have the better mass appeal between these two similar options except for one thing, all right? That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing when you're getting your friends and family. You're not asking them for um, the type of feedback that you should only get from your peers, all right? So you get your qualitative feedback from for your work from trusted peers in your field and you use your friends and your family for split testing, all right? For split testing. That's my advice at least. All right. And this is if you really want feedback. If you want flattery, again, this is not the episode for you. But if you really want feedback, all right, get it from your trusted peers in your field. And then what are you getting feedback on? All right. Now we've spoken about the aesthetic standard already. Whatever makes your art good is objective. Whatever makes you you 
is subjective. All right? So you want something that's good. And that's something that your peers should be able to judge. And you take the consensus from there. You understand? Your peers should be able to judge, okay, is this good? Could it be better? Is it good enough? Whatever your case is. What your peers cannot judge is your sense of style. I mean, if your sense of style is off, then style is not the problem. It means that you can't do what you're even trying to do as a creative. You, you can't do it and you should just stop or learn to do it, right? But what we're talking about here is your style, your unique style. I am not going to get feedback from somebody that's going to tell me, stop saying praise Jesus at the beginning of your songs. I'm not going to get feedback from somebody that's going to tell me, well, what if you try to be a little bit more whatever in your songs? If that is going to destroy my brand, if that's going to destroy my style, all of those things, I'm not going to do it. One of the persons who has been a mentor to me um, is Joel Murray, better known as Positive. Big up Positive. And one of the things that he has said to me and he won't remember this because it was a passing conversation. But it comes to my mind as I'm talking about what we want feedback on, right? Um, I run an idea by him. And I run this idea. Oh, what if I did a song about this, about XYZ? Can't remember what it was, right? But what if I did a song about XYZ? What do you think about that? And his answer was, well, that is Udo. That is how Udo does do it. That song like something that Udo would do. Right? So that that's his response. And it's an appropriate response because he knows he knows me. He knows me personally. Right? Um, we both used to attend the same church. He knows me personally. So he can give that type of insight as well as he knows the type of he knows what I come up with creatively, generally speaking, because I've been sending things to him. You understand? So he knows what I come up with. He knows where my head is at with regards to certain things, creatively speaking. So he can say, that sounds like something that Udo would do. You understand? So he's not going to say, well, maybe you should do it in a positivish way. Maybe you should do it like me. Maybe you should do this thing that I would do. You understand what I'm saying? He's not going to do that. And uh, rightfully so. Right? So you want critique on what can make your art good. Alright? You don't want critique on what makes you, you. Alright? When? That's the next thing. When do we want feedback? And I think this might be of benefit to you guys this is um what i'm gonna give you i hope it will be helpful to you but these are my own conclusions from my interactions with persons who have asked for feedback from me and it has been clear that either what they would have wanted was flattery or that there were certain sunk costs that um would um bias them towards not taking the feedback that would help them get better. Um, and this is not just myself alone. I've spoken to one of my colleagues recently and uh, 
I guess we share sentiments with regards to this, um, with regards to persons who seem to want flattery or it's difficult for them to take the feedback at the point in time. So I would say that if you have to spend money or an inordinate amount of effort on something, if you have to spend money, get feedback from your trusted peers before you spend any money, um, particularly for artists and music producers and that sort of thing. Get feedback before you pay any money. All right? I used the term sunk cost recently. Um, sunk cost is a business term. It has to do with um, something that you've already paid for. And so if you don't lose that, th if you don't use that thing rather, it, it becomes wastage. You understand? So you're using something because you have already paid for it sort of thing. It's not um, a cost that you can that you can walk back or that you cannot pay. It has already been paid. It seems like it's the opposite of opportunity cost, which has to do with um, what you forego um, in one option in order to capitalize on another option. What you could have gotten from that other option is your opportunity cost. Sunk cost is stuff that you've paid already. You understand? Stuff that you've paid already. So if you're doing a song, um, like me, you would be working on songs, and you've paid for studio time, you've paid for instrumentalists, you've paid for um, mixing and mastering, don't then go and get feedback from your peers. That makes no sense. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get that feedback and if it's critical, you're going to ignore it because critical feedback means that you have to pay that sunk cost again or some of it. You have to pay that again. Take in front before in front take you. Get the feedback from the trusted peers before you pay any money. And if you've already paid money, forget feedback. Forget making it better. It's either you're going to put it out or you're not going to put it out. Or if you are willing to wait and to pay the money to make that better, that's on you. Always remember, especially with something like music and all of these things, or a book or whatever, you cannot unpublish. We are in the information age. Once it's out there, it is out there. There's nothing you can do. You cannot unpublish. So get it right the first time and if you're willing to sacrifice whatever that might take to get it right the first time if you've already sunk some costs in getting it to where it is now then i'm um, good on you it means you have the means and the tenacity to be better all right but um if not then you have what you have you understand but typically the best thing that you want is to get feedback before you pay any money to do anything. So that in your consideration, you don't have this heavy burden of, I've done all of this already, I've spent so much time, I've paid so much money, all of those things, to the word, the, the word of this person. That, yes, it might help you, but is too much too late 
for you, right? Avoid all of that by getting your feedback early on. By getting your feedback straight up, okay? Avoid all of that. Another thing that I would say is, in order to get that weight to be on the other side, so that the feedback from your trusted peers, from your trusted advisors, that you will have more weight on it, pay for the feedback. Instead of paying for studio time, paying for all these things, pay whatever, put the money on the other way. Put the money on the other side of the scale. Put the weight and the effort and all of those things on the other side of the scale so that you can value the feedback more. Paid feedback is valued more than free, free feedback. And it might be the same feedback, but you will get more value out of it if you pay for it. Because by the time you're getting the critical feedback you have sunk cost in that feedback all right if you don't take it at that point you're wasting your money so you see how we flipped it now we flipped it to a place where um instead of you've paid all of this already to do this and and now it's getting critical feedback instead we haven't paid any of this money but instead we've paid money for feedback all right so all of the weight is on this side now. You understand? And we are better able or better primed to benefit from the feedback. You understand? So that's it for today. Hopefully you would have gotten some benefit from this. Remember, feedback is not flattery. We want feedback because we want to be better. Not because we want to be told that we're the best. We want feedback from trusted peers in our field with regards to the quality of the work that we're doing and we will use our friends and family that don't know any better we'll use them for split testing right split testing between two options that are already based on something that our trusted peers have already told us is of good quality all right and we want feedback on the on, on the quality of what we're doing that's what we want feedback on not necessarily the style all right because of course the peers that we're going to they have their own styles and of course their biases would would lean in that direction right but that's not what we want feedback on and if they are good advisors that's not what they would get feedback on again big up positive he knows the difference all right when do we want feedback we want feedback before we pay any money before we put out an inordinate amount of effort or resources that would bias us against the critical feedback that we can actually listen to and benefit from and a cheat is to actually instead of putting the money here into the work before we get the feedback we put the money into the feedback first you understand so that we will benefit from it and of course you're not going to give this money or do this for any and anybody it has to be someone that you really trust someone that will really really help you to move the needle on what you're doing it has to be someone that you trust all right so again i hope this is of benefit to you feel free to subscribe to the podcast and to the youtube page and to leave a good review especially on apple podcasts that helps out a lot okay so that's it for today you know, I have one more thing to say. Praise Jesus.
You made it through the whole episode, the show done Hope you get some positive in the nucleus You know, a proton Anyhow, you know this slogan Preach, 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 Jesus